April 18, 2020. This is the All-American Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Seawright. Today I want to talk to you about reclaiming the spirit of independence, that spirit that is at the very heart and soul of this country's foundation. America, of course, is a country that was settled and developed by people with a fierce sense of independence. From the early settlers like Christopher Newport and John Smith, forging their way into an unknown land, to the explorers like Lewis and Clark, and the homesteaders who settled the western frontier. From those fighting for and winning their freedom from slavery like Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass, to the great industrialists like Vanderbilt, and inventors like George Washington Carver, Thomas Edison, and the Wright brothers. From revolutionaries like Samuel Adams and George Washington, to military commanders like Patton, Eisenhower, and MacArthur, the spirit of independence and a burning desire for freedom from government or institutional oppression ran through the veins of America's greatest historical figures, and it ran through the average man and woman as well. It runs through the veins of many today, and we must preserve this spirit to ensure our own security and prosperity. Despite the efforts of those who feel entitled to run our lives, and despite their success in programming the weak and the young to embrace socialism and therefore a life of subservience to and dependency on the state, the spirit of independence is still a flame that burns bright and hot and it will not be extinguished for a substantial part of America's population. At 244 years old, America is actually approaching the life expectancy of great societies, cultures, and empires, that being around 250 years, before they face a catastrophic collapse, decline, end, or restructuring. And in that line of thinking, I seriously recommend that you read a 26-page publication by Sir John Glubb entitled The Fate of Empires in Search for Survival. Glubb was an Englishman who served in the British military in World War I, and he wrote, as the best and brightest historians often do, of the cycles of history. History, of course, is not a straight line as it is often portrayed. It is really a cycle that repeats in many fashions. And Glob is one of the many historians who found that civilizations have a life expectancy of about 250 years. That cycle takes you on a journey that goes from the age of pioneers and conquest to affluence, decadence, and eventually decline. It's really a great read and contains an immense amount of information in a very brief 26 pages. And if you read this, it will become clear to you, like it's become clear to me that we have reached our age of decadence in America. Glubb explains the characteristics of this age, the final age before collapse, and says that it includes defensiveness, pessimism, materialism, frivolity, an influx of foreigners, the expansion of the welfare state, and the weakening of religion. Now, you may recall in a previous episode of this podcast, I explained that in the 1990s, 85% of Americans said they were Christians compared with just 65% today. 
The age of decadence arises really when nations experience too long a period of wealth and power, selfishness, a love of money, and a loss of a sense of duty. Clearly, our politicians have fully embraced the age of decadence, and in fact, they created it. So it's clear that our moment is at hand, and we need to be prepared for a restructuring of society. We've come to a place where the assault on liberty by what are supposed to be public servants isn't just common, it's expected, and even welcomed by many who are looking for a master rather than looking for their own freedom. Look at what these crazy politicians are doing right now. Protests have erupted across America as the people wake up to the fact that their governors and mayors see themselves as royalty and see the people as peasants on a feudal manner. This is just the beginning, I think. But let's look at what some of these people have been doing. In Michigan, the governor is telling people they can't visit their neighbors' houses or make unauthorized purchases of things she says are not essential for you. She's banned items of what she deems unessential in the stores, even though those stores are open for people to purchase items that she says are essential. What kind of authoritarian lunacy is this? This crazy woman thinks she has the right to determine what you can and can't buy, and she is drunk with power and needs to be removed from office. Thankfully, the people of Michigan have started a recall petition, and I hope they succeed. In Kentucky, the governor there has tried to have police record license plate numbers of church attendees for people to then be rounded up and forced into quarantine. In Mississippi, we have the mayor of one town telling people they have no right to go to church and sending cops to the place to shut it down, even though the attendees were going to remain in their cars for the sermon. In Los Angeles, their dunce of a mayor, Eric Garcetti, has set up a Soviet Union-style snitch program to reward those who turn into the authorities, people who are exercising their constitutional rights. So think about this. The mayor of L.A. is, in effect, creating a snitch network operating like the communist NKVD, the KGB, or the Stasi. And look at how quickly so many people have turned to ratting others out to the police for merely exercising their natural rights and embracing their freedom without endangering others around them, by the way. The examples are really endless and they're everywhere across the country. We have already seen weak, unstable, freedom-hating, obedient little plebes all across the country screaming at others for violating orders and calling the police to have them arrested. What gives, people? Have you become so enraptured by your enslavement that you would call your slave master to arrest another runaway? And what's wrong with you police officers who are enforcing these clearly unconstitutional orders? You are violating your oath of office. You're an oath breaker and deserve to be removed. You deserve to be fired. And I'm going to ask the people to not forget who is doing this to you. Remember and call them out on the carpet when you get the chance. 
this message needs to be delivered to them loud and clear. To those of you who took an oath, don't give me the Nazi, we're just following orders defense. That's invalid. That does not fly. You are responsible for breathing life into a monster that may end up destroying the country. You have a responsibility to defy unconstitutional orders. If you don't defy those orders, you have completely and utterly failed in your profession, and you need to find a new job where you can do less harm to the American people. So thankfully, we have a number of sheriffs across the country, from Michigan to Maine, who have put their governors on notice that they will not enforce these unconstitutional orders. These men and women need to be celebrated and upheld as honorable. There is nothing honorable about someone who just follows orders to violate the rights of the people. Thankfully, we have millions of people like those in Michigan who turned out by the thousands to protest against Governor Whitmer, who refused to be subjected to these abuses. Fortunately, we have pastors like the one in Mississippi who held his church services anyway, despite the mayor's orders. He told the police officers, and you can watch this video. It was posted on Twitter, and it's probably on YouTube. He told those police officers that the rights of the people are superior to the mayor's orders, and he is right. Also, thankfully, we have some governors who are not ordering lockdowns, or they're issuing partial or soft lockdowns, depending on what's happening on the ground in different localities of their respective states. We also now have hundreds of lawsuits being filed across the country as the people demand that their rights are respected. Free men and women are challenging the tyrants to a fight in the courts. And if the courts are going to do their constitutional duty, the people will prevail. The law is clear, people. If not, we're going to see things turn in a different and probably very unpleasant direction. And I mean unpleasant for the politicians because the people are going to get rowdy if this thing isn't settled correctly. So where does this leave us? It leaves us on the precipice of civilizational collapse. One way or another, these despotic acts, combined with the economic implosion we are staring at, resulting from years of fraud, central banking screw-ups, and now the ordered destruction of the economy, well, I see that this is all going to result in total chaos. America is going to go through some troubling times for the next few years, as those who consider themselves to be the authorities clamp down hard amidst increasing civil unrest. On the other side of the equation, the Patriot Movement is going to reject the clampdown, and if not, if they're not successful in the courts, I should say, this thing is going to go live. The fight for freedom over fascism is going to spill out of the bar and into the streets, so to speak. And at that point, who knows what happens? But my guess is that if we get this far, we're going to see the country break apart. After this great struggle, the country is going to have to be rebuilt. And as I mentioned in a previous podcast, it may not occupy the same geographic space that it does now. I don't know how severe it will or will not be, but the way things are going, I'm thinking it's going to get a little ugly. But whatever happens, 
we can't be on our knees in front of tyrants. And we need representatives who are going to be able to balance properly the security needs of the nation and our national rights codified in the Constitution. To get these types of representatives, we need ethical men and women to stand tall and reclaim their spirit of independence. We need these same men and women to educate our young people and explain to them the path to tyranny that we've been on and why this is so harmful to our lives and to their futures. These people need to learn of the dangers of communism and fascism, which are the most destructive and murderous political institutions to have ever existed on the planet. We have no time to indulge the weak, the lazy, the ignorant, or the apathetic as we continue on this great American journey. In the near term, it appears that we're on the road to ruin. And as a whole society, we've lost the spirit of independence. But that fire still burns in the minds of many, and that is what's going to help us survive and prosper in the long run. That fleeting spirit of independence. We have to take it back. It's necessary. The strong-willed character of the American citizen, a citizen that values freedom and opportunity, built a country unrivaled in its economic, military, and cultural power, and provided a standard of living and a climate of economic opportunity for more people than any country in history, more than most countries will ever know. We've lost our way, but it's time to get back on the path. We need to be prepared for the hard times ahead, and one of the best things we can do is get together with others who share our values those great American values. Get together with them to trade, to network, conduct business, explore opportunities together, as well as prepare for the coming hard times. Those who aren't interested in committing to the freedom agenda need to be pushed aside, removed from any position of authority, and never trusted for anything. And with that, I'll leave you with your quote of the day. And it comes from Samuel Adams. If you love wealth better than liberty, the tranquility of servitude more than the animated contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. We ask not your counsel nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feeds you. May your chains sit lightly upon you, and may posterity forget that you are our countrymen. Thank you, and good night.